Welcome to an episode of Hitting Pater by Impact Sports. This is episode number 52. I'm Alex Beaudry. Back with me after a, he has risen Easter hiatus, Mr. Mike Corwin. How you doing, Mike? Great. Um, glad glad you could roll the rock away from the tomb that I was in. Yeah. Got um, you out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, resurrected. Uh, and back for another episode. 52. 52 we did these. Yeah, wild, huh? That's that's a big number. Yeah, and we're picking up pace with the Mock Draft Mondays. Um, yeah, you guys are doing a good job with that. We are. Um, meat is just an encyclopedia of knowledge, though. Like, obviously, I pay attention to it, and you know, I'm following Twitter on where guys might go and stuff. He does these shows with no notes. That's so he's got his list of his mock draft, but everything you hear him say is just off the top of the dome for him. Yeah, off. Yeah, wow. He's an um, encyclopedia of knowledge. Like, lives and breathes it. Like, I think. Yeah. Like, because he's not studying it, or like maybe well, he, he is. is, but like is. it's not. It's not like studying in the traditional oh, sense. Right. Yeah. There's like an obsession there. Yeah. Um, That's healthy. awesome. We've had a ton of fun. So we're going to do our last mock draft tomorrow. Um, he's coming over. We'll finish that up. We're going to do – we're going to lump rounds two through seven all together and go through some guys who are sleepers and who we like in that spot. And then we're going to do a Thursday night round one recap or Ooh. reaction episode. Ooh. That will come out on Friday morning. Um, Excellent. So tomorrow the 25th will be an episode? Yep, this will be this one. This one will come out on the 25th yep. the mock draft one will come out on the 26th and then we'll have the draft itself on the 29th so a lot of yeah. episodes this week to stay tuned for it's draft week baby we're here we finally made it this is a lot of guys well for not only the players going through it but for like a lot of guys in the media this is their super bowl like mel kuyper Oh, this is his suit. Oh yeah, dude's got all the suits like lined up, starched, ready to go for this week. Dude, did you see that he can't attend? No, why? He's not vaccinated. Really? ESPN won't let him do the live broadcast because he's not vaccinated. Wow! And it's got to be an ESPN rule because it's in Vegas. You can't tell me Vegas cares. Yeah, no. It, so it's either I shouldn't say that it could be the NFL, but the NFL got rid of all their COVID protocols for teams and players, no, so I yeah. don't. It can't be them. It's got to be ESPN. Yeah, it's Disney ESPN. Yeah. So yeah, Disney won't let him. So he's doing the show from his house. Good for him. Yeah. Honestly, like at, at it's his at the end thirty ninth draft. That's wild. Can you imagine doing something for thirty nine years straight and not getting better at it? <laughs> yeah, right right <laughs> like like i love his big board like like yeah. people tune in for it but that well him and people like shit on Schefter, they are in the eyeball business mm-hmm. it's all about getting eyeballs on their material and like think about it when you think of like draft gurus like you think of mal kuyper jr and todd mcshay mm-hmm like that's who I think about a hundred percent and like sp- other sports have those guys right like yep. Jay Billis for like NCA March Madness yep exactly um but he's actually good like I feel like his picks usually pan out <laughs> um yeah but I thought that was interesting like didn't know that you know the COVID train was still rolling but apparently over at Disney it is so well, he'll yeah, be at home interesting good for him I mean whatever yeah right whatever. like um Vrabel like when what was it 2020 when the first draft was like actually virtual, I feel like there were a lot of discussion, a lot of talking points. Like even though everyone was virtual and like like Vrabel had like a background, like well, and if you think about it, like teams are always virtual. Like they're always picking from their offices mm-hmm. somewhere. So like the only people that are there are I think this year there's 21 players attending the draft. Obviously the fans will be there, and then media. Mm-hmm. Like teams aren't there. That's a good point. But if you're Mel Kuyper, it's probably easier to like host and be the guy to like transition to after picks. Yeah. Well, and there's that element of like doing it live and seeing the fans in the background, seeing the stage. Like it like it does present some 
aesthetics mm-hmm. that probably play better on TV than just like having Mel Kuyper's head in his office. But whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's still him. He can still um, talk about his thing and do his thing. And yeah. So excited though, dude. This is, I mean, <clears throat> this has been like a long time coming. Um, so yeah, this is, I mean, Thursday's big. And then I think, I think for you, like this weekend. Yeah. Right? Saturday like, will be the big day for me. Uh, bigger day from, for my guys. They'll all be, you know, either late draft picks or undrafted free agents. And, um, I'll get to get to work and these guys will actually figure out, um, where they're going to be playing, which is the hardest thing right now. It's, and it's true whether you're a first round pick or you're a guy hoping to get picked up as an undrafted free agent, Mr. Irrelevant, right? Yeah. Just the uncertainty of everything, trying to manage expectations, um, not literally not knowing what city you're going to live in. It's, I mean, is, it's life changing, right? Yes. Like not, I mean, not only for the players, but I think like for you going through it, right? Like this is just, you've, it's new, right? Mm-hmm. So like anything new, there are some things that'll be unexpected. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you put in all the work, all the time, effort, money, um, you know, these players are paying trainers and nutritionists and some of them mental coaches and, you know, all this work that goes into it behind the scenes. And then all you can do now is wait. And it's, it's hard. I mean, as an agent, I am anxious. Sure. I can only imagine what the players are going through. A hundred percent. Cause I mean, think about that. Think about the time and the workup, right? Like some of, some of the players that you're repping right now, from pre-high school, right? Like have been playing football all throughout high school. You were elite enough to play in college and Mm -hmm. now you're in college, right? And like you're elite in college, you might actually get paid to play this sport that you love. Finally realize a dream. Maybe. Maybe. Right? So like it's life-changing potentially. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is this is a big week, dude. That's exciting. And like all these guys, their last real football game was December or January. So you've just been training, getting ready for combines and pro days, and then just playing the waiting game. <clears throat> maybe some interviews, maybe some, you know, things like that. But it's just a lot of just hurry up and wait, which is it's hard. This might be like a good a good time to ask. Just like some of the details about like lead up to the draft so maybe like maybe from your perspective with like what what things you're doing leading up to the draft um and then if you can share like maybe some of the things that your players are doing or like what like is it is it now like right you're going into the weigh-in for ufc fight like if this was a ufc fight like you did the weigh-in like yeah can you now eat and like drink enough water to put the weight back on to like chill and like get ready for the big day so i'll start with me first my work is really ramping up it's kind of just getting started so you know for guys that are going in the first couple rounds of the draft you may have heard a term like top 30 visits it's kind of a wrong term but it's stuck in the media teams can bring in up to 30 guys so a lot of times they'll bring in guys they want to draft sometimes they might bring in a guy they just want other teams to think they're going to draft. So for example, like Carolina, maybe they really don't want to draft a quarterback at six, but they might bring in every quarterback. So now teams behind them think that they're going to draft a quarterback. You know, it's every team's, you know, trying to play chess right now. But anyway, from, you know, from the player side, they may be flying around the country, meeting with teams, doing zoom interviews, meeting with coaches. Um, A lot of that happens for guys that are going to go in the first four or five rounds of the draft guys that are pretty solidly going to get drafted for guys who are going to be undrafted it the process takes a little longer to get started um but that really at least in the case of my players picked up last week so last week my phone really started to ring with nfl teams reaching out about my guys saying hey um here's how we have him graded you know we think he could be a good you know whatever we think if he doesn't get drafted, which obviously we hope he does, but if he doesn't, 
Um, you know, we want to bring him in as a priority free agent. We think this is where he would fit. It's kind of like a recruiting call is really what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, but it starts to give me a sense of what teams would be interested should that player not get drafted. Um, so now it's up to me and the player to some extent to look at the teams that are interested. And if they do not get drafted, okay, where's the best fit? Mm-hmm. Where do you have the best chance as an undrafted free agent to either make a practice squad or make it on the active roster? So you're looking at depth charts. You're looking at how much money they spend in that position. Historically, how many undrafted free agents do they bring in? How many of them stick? You know, start to kind of get this picture for, okay, we know that these two, three, four teams might be interested. If they call on draft day, where should we go? Who's going to offer us the most money? Who's going to offer us the most guaranteed money? You know, all those different things. This is where I start to actually provide some yeah, actual is, value here. This is as where an you agent. make your money. Yeah, this is like literally my job. <laughs> um, what are some of the questions that like some of the NFL teams like when when they'll either call you or one of your players, like what what do they want to know? Because clearly they have all the metrics, they have all the data. They have all like- the data. Um, if there's this this isn't the case for any of my guys. Um, if there's any character concerns at all, mm. they might ask about that. Sure. Uh, the big thing is, are you healthy? Have you have you hurt? Have you had any injuries while training? Mm-hmm. Like how how are you feeling? Nope. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> who's gonna be like yeah you know what i, I really yeah. i really tweaked that you know it's sore <laughs> i don't know what happened and my it, surgeon said it should be fine yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't feel like it's just muscle soreness right like no said nobody ever teams have to ask right um so they're looking for that they really want to know um if they don't have your phone number the player's phone number they want that they want a backup phone number because like a lot what a, like the first the bat phone yeah well the yeah. first hour after the draft so as soon as that last pick comes in teams have their draft boards right and every team has probably 150 to 180 players that they give a draftable grade right because there's 256 players that go in the draft but not every draft board is going to be the same Mm -hmm. so every team usually has about 150 to 180 players that they deemed quote-unquote draftable and if you think about it they pick seven to 12 of those players but then as names come off the board and they get picked, some of those names may be left. Those are going to be the guys they call first sure. to try and get in as undrafted free agents. And then they have another list of names that they'll go. So right now they're looking at their boards and they're saying, okay, who do we think is going to go? Who do we think can we get after the draft? And they're you know, basically making, making recruiting pitch, pitches right now. Like, hey, we think you know this player would be a good fit in this scheme really like him we have a high grade on him should he fall like we you know we'll probably call you like those types of things so then yeah they're asking for contact info so oh this is where i was going with that so after the draft is over that last pick is done every team hits the phones Mm -hmm. you could have a player getting called by three four teams like right away right away so they have not only my phone number they have the player's number and then they have a backup number because the player could be on the phone with somebody i could be on the phone with somebody and then Another sure. team could be on the phone with his mom or somebody uh, as the backup phone. Um, Things move that quickly. It, it's usually like within two hours of the draft. Like by the time Saturday is over, you will have 99.5% of undrafted free agents signed. Like you might get a couple guys that sneak in afterwards, but it happens so fast. And like for teams, it's all hands on deck, like all their scouting department um every like everybody in the building is reaching out to agents and players trying to get their guys in because they rookie minicamp is either the week or the second week after the draft it happens quick so they got to fill those spots makes sense they want to get their guys want them there for day one of rookie like minicamp as well well and it's like the secondary draft almost right if you can get the best undrafted player available like you want him on your team you don't want him going to another team Mm -hmm. so it's um yeah, it all happens very fast, and you, as an agent, you got to kind of weed through it. Where do we want to go? Where's a good fit? And then where do we think you're going to stick? And depending on the contract you're offered, you can kind of get a sense. Like, oh, they don't, they didn't offer you any guaranteed money. This team offered you a hundred grand. Well, that team obviously thinks higher of you, or you have a better chance because now if they cut you, they still owe you that money. Mm-hmm. 
versus this team who's got nothing invested in you. This sounds like a lot of like quick decision making that's required. It's a lot of homework on the front end. Mm-hmm. You have to be prepared going in. Otherwise, you're probably like, holy shit, like what's going on? You yeah. know? Um, but it's kind of going into it, having a plan. And um, so that's that's really what they're going. They're not, you know, looking at film anymore. They're not, you know, like you said, they have the pro day numbers. They have everything they need. It's really just what's the best number to reach you at? Are you healthy? How you feeling? You know, we'd really like you. Kind of like a little <clears throat> mini recruiting pitch. That's awesome. Do do teams do they bring guys in? So like let's say they call, you know, Joe Schmo or someone and we like you. We need to come like we need to meet with you or you need to come to our facility to like have like an in-person interview or, or is that something that happens? It is. Though that uh the timing for that's pretty much done. Okay. Um, but teams will bring in guys they think they can get as undrafted free agents. And again, it's like they'll take you out to dinner, they'll take you into the meeting rooms, you can meet the coaching staff. It, it's it's literally like being recruited again. Interesting. Because they get 30 visits, and they don't. most teams don't use all of them. So if there's a guy they think they can get uh, that they think might slip, yeah, they'll they'll try it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. I've, it, heard, I've heard teams sending out videos. Like to like a player, like like a hype video, mm-hmm. like hey, this is <laughs> where you know we're the Green Bay Packers, you know Super Bowl champ, like whatever, and like here's our facilities. It's for some guys who slip and don't get drafted. It it literally becomes like a college recruiting all over again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I believe it. Uh yeah, dude, dreams dreams come true this week for a or, lot of people. Or crash. Yep. Um, I mean, crash temporarily. Right for I mean for some for some um, unfortunately uh, it's it's really hard to make it in the NFL I don't mm-hmm. know if people understand it. there's I think about eighteen hundred guys declared for the draft two hundred and fifty six of them will get picked another three hundred or so will get picked up as undrafted free agents six hundred maybe eight hundred guys will get signed to a team I was just about to ask that how many guys and then. And then on top of it, so then you got another thousand that won't, and their careers are done. You know, it's probably trying to get in the XFL or the USFL or Canadian Football League or something like that. Um, and then once we get to training camp, you know, every team's got ninety people on their roster, and they got to get them all down to fifty-three. So all those guys, another cut. Yeah. yeah. Wow. My mind's just going to like all of the hard knocks footage of like dudes walking into like the GM or the head coach's office and like, yeah, we're going to have to let you go or the opposite. Like, right. Like you made the team. Yeah. Um, I was talking to this guy. I know that he played at Northwestern. He signed as an undrafted free agent with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was a kicker. And, uh, he said he ended up getting cut. And I think, I don't I can't remember what round of cuts, but he, he didn't make it. He said he went into the GM's office. The head coach was there. You know, they have kind of like a rehearsed speech, like, hey, thank you for your contributions. You know, we're going to go a different direction, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, it was so, like, impersonal. He's like, I bet you if I would have walked in there five minutes later, they wouldn't have known who I was. Really? Yeah. Well, if you think about it, like, the general manager, while they are in charge of the draft – like they probably know those guys. All of the guys they're bringing in as like undrafted free agents, those are probably all like scouts, like director of college scouting. It's those guys' guys, right? Like, hey, we think this guy has a shot. We should bring him in. The GM's not negotiating every one of those deals or, you know, not super vested in that. That's a good point. So now when it comes time down to cut these guys in the future, like how much interaction has the GM had with the 90th man on the roster? Probably very little. So um, it's just, it's cold, man. It's a cold business. It is. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have that many dudes. Like as a GM of an NFL team, you can't be expected to like court or know every single dude, right? Especially since on the unfortunate truth is a lot of these guys, while they get they make it to training camp, have it, it's it's hard to make an active roster. 
So if you're that like guy who just barely makes the training camp, your battle to make it to an active roster is it's such an uphill battle. Um, so yeah, it's probably extremely difficult for the you know upper echelons of an of an organization to get to know every player. Wow. Okay. Um, what about like? So you're going through the draft, right? Like, do players? Do you? As an agent, do you guys get calls like right before the pick? Like, do mm. you, do you do you get a call like a few picks before the pick is coming up to be like, hey, we're thinking about you? Like, or like, is it right before like you see it on TV? Right, like you see Goodell or whoever walk up. A lot of times they're gonna call the player first, and they'll let the player know, but they're not gonna do that till they're on the clock. Oh, and okay. They don't want that leaking. <clears throat> That's a good point. Yeah. Um, they don't want teams to know. So once, I mean, you remember, like, especially in the first round, like every team gets ten minutes. So they probably sit there for five minutes waiting to see if their phone rings to see if they're going to get a trade offer. They get ten minutes in the first round. That's why it takes forever. Wow. Okay. In the later rounds, it goes by so much quicker because every team only gets like five minutes. It really starts to like clip. Um, but they get ten minutes in the first round. So they spend probably five minutes just sitting there waiting to see if they get a trade offer because they might want to move off that pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the last couple of minutes they'll call the player. I bet you, well, I don't know. Hopefully one day I find out. Um, I would bet you most agents find out when their player gets picked by watching TV. Sure. Wow. <clears throat> and I would be just curious, just as a spectator who watches this, how often players get a call saying we're picking you and they don't get picked. Mm. Cause I, I, I would be willing to bet that that happens more frequently than you'd, than you'd expect it to, or, or at least like, Hey, we're, we're taking you. Right. And then all of a sudden like, Hey, we zagged. Ooh, yeah, maybe. I haven't heard of any stories like that though. You figure it's something like that might leak. Oh, sure. Like when a player gets interviewed, I'm like, well, yeah, actually, I thought I was going to get picked four picks sooner by so-and-so. They called. Mm-hmm. So. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, maybe not. And like guys in the first round, too, they're not getting phone calls. Well, maybe they are if they're not at the draft, but the 21 players that are at the draft, they're just walking across the stage. Mm-hmm. They probably are having their phone calls after they get picked. Like, hey, welcome to the organization. The head coach wants to say a few things, blah, 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 blah. That's a good point. Yeah, that's oh, that's got to be hard for like guys that aren't like shoe-ins for the first or like right the top part of the draft. Because then, of course, you're watching, right? But any number of things, right? Like you're a dad, any number of things can happen across that day. Like, dude, maybe you're taking a shit, right? Like maybe you're doing something like just in general where like something came up and all of a sudden you got it. Like, is that my phone? Like, is my phone ringing? Um. So I'm reading <laughs> I'm reading a book on the Patriots. It's called It's Better to Be Feared. It's about Brady, Belichick, and Kraft. And they were talking about the year that Brady got drafted. So Brady was convinced he was going to be a second or a third round pick. Well, he didn't end up going into the sixth round, but like he watched it was in, it was in like the fifth round or the sixth round. He watched like two other quarterbacks get drafted ahead of him. And it was like two guys that honestly, if I asked you who they were, you wouldn't even remember them. Like, I don't even know if they played a down in the NFL. He was so mad, he left. He left his house, and he went for a walk. Brady's got a temper. So then um, the Patriots pick him, and they called the house, and his dad answered the phone, and they're like, yeah, this is uh, so-and-so with the Patriots. Like, uh, we'd like to talk to Tom Tom, Tom Jr. And Tom Sr. is like, um, he's not here. He's not home. <laughs> And they're like, well, you need to find him. Like, Coach Belichick wants to talk to him. And then, like, luckily, like, Brady happened to, like, just walk in. They're like, it's the Patriots. Like, you need to Here. take this. Yeah. So, like, yeah. <laughs> like, Could you imagine if he took, like, a long walk? Oh, and, just, like, like, that upset. The, the, like, that entire dynasty maybe didn't happen. Right? I mean, I think the pick still stands, but it would have probably started that relationship off on a yeah, sour, sour note. note. Jinx. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, interesting. That's it, just just things, right? Like as you start to think about it, because at the end of the day, like all of these people are human, right? So like just like you and I, like bleed red, like you do everything the same way. So, mm-hmm. but the difference is like 
they can run and jump (laughs) and like catch things. Yes. Uh, way better than like the average person. So like, I think sometimes we just forget that, right? Like you put people up on this pedestal, um, but they're just human. Like you and I like need to blow off some steam on a walk or maybe like, yeah, dude, you you just like, you got to take a poop sometimes, dude. Like it, it happens. Well, and like for me, uh, I've only experienced this when both my kids are born, but I found out I'm a nervous peer. Like when I get really nervous, I feel like I have to pee. Mm-hmm. So like I can only imagine Could be. Like sitting through the, the draft, the like having to like go to the bathroom every 15 minutes. Like I got to pee again. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. This is more of a culture question around the draft. Do you remember when CD Lamb got drafted? Of I know exactly the question you're going. Yes. <laughs> and the girlfriend yes. took the phone and he like took the phone back and glared at and her. And the side eye. <laughs> yeah. And the camera picked up on Perfect. all of it. And then, and then, do you remember? Um, I think it was uh, what's that kid? I think he's at the Jets, the defensive lineman, where he was doing his ESPN interview. He was like pick sixth overall, and he's doing his ESPN interview, and he's talking to the reporter, and then he sneezed, and he goes, "God bless you, thank you." Oh yeah, like yeah. He did it all to, to himself. himself. Do you think we get a moment like that oh, in I this hope. draft? I hope so. That's um, almost what's more exciting in the first round is like, like l- the very little things like that. The ad libbed like very clearly. That's not scripted. Like yes. he's just nervous, so he like <laughs> sneezed, then he's like, "Shit, I probably." And he like, goes, "God bless you," and he thank you. Thank he you. thanks himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I like that. I love. I hope we get another CD Lamb moment. <laughs> that was that was so good. Where like. Like the side eye and like just the stare of like, you're lucky that you're here sitting next to yeah, me. You just like, grab my phone on draft yeah, day. Don't snatch my phone on national television. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the best part is he had two of them. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh man. I, you yeah. Don't, you I, don't touch the bat phone on game day. No, no, absolutely not. Um, oh, it makes God. you wonder where that young lady is today. Uh-huh. Yeah, are, are they still together? I need they? I need a thirty for thirty on what happened after draft day. Yes. Oh, that is too good. <laughs> yeah, I hope there's something candid that happens. Like no matter what it is, I yeah. hope there's something candid. So, question one last one, just about the draft and like. So, what if a player gets drafted? And I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I'm answering my own question, but I'm still going to ask it. Um, like, what if a player doesn't want to go? to a team that drafts him. So Eli Manning and like Philip Rivers, do you remember that? Yeah, the like, trade. Yeah, because like Manning did not want to be in San Diego. So the team owns the right to that player. So if he ever wants to play in the NFL. So it's like a courtesy to like find a way to make a trade, right? Yeah, yeah. If you really draft a guy really doesn't want to be there, you're hoping that another team – Um. But again, like that should be something that is vetted out beforehand. Or those are like high, high echelon players, right? Like I think um, I'm reading here that Elway, same thing. Like he refused to play for the Colts when he was drafted. Mm. So they traded him to Denver. Yeah. Probably not happening for like a sixth round, seventh round pick. <laughs> no, right? you're just like, hey, you're happy to be here. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, just. Just curious, because, yeah, that's, I mean, why would you want to pick a dude that doesn't want to be there to begin with? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess if you're if you're a high-profile high, like high profile talent and you know that a team has interest, well, now maybe you can negotiate something that might be team-friendly for you. But if, so if you, it's tricky to navigate these waters, but if you're a high enough profile player, like you know you're going to go in the top five, but you really don't want to go to Detroit, as long as you're comfortable, and this would be something you and your agent should talk about, but you're comfortable that the other four teams have interest in you, you should just come out and say, I don't want to play in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're going to piss off that fan base, and it does look bad because now it's like... Yeah, it's bad PR. You're not even starting your career, and you're already pulling this type of stuff. But, you know, if you have that power, you should use it. Agreed. Agreed. What about like in-person attendance at the draft? Just curious about that. Like, how do you make that decision? 
I I guess right because you said that there are twenty one dudes that'll be there this 21 year. Twenty one dudes will be there. The NFL chooses like their invite list, mm. so I think they're pretty good about like asking teams, like okay, what's the odds this guy goes? Um, but even then, like I saw and <clears throat> Brian and I talked about this, uh, like uh, Matt Corral's going, the quarterback from oh. Ole Miss, yeah. To me, that would be a little risky. Like, he could be in the top 20. He could also go in round two. Um, and, yeah, you're just sitting there, like, twiddling your thumbs. And now you're an Aaron Rodgers meme. Remember when Aaron Rodgers thought he was going to be pick number one? He didn't, he's had to sit there until pick 25. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a guy a couple of years ago that didn't go until day two. Now, luckily, he handled it like a champ. I can't remember who it was. But he stayed. He went back on Friday to the draft. And then walked across the stage and shook Roger Goodell's hand. He's like, and then he was asked about. It, he's like, "Look, I've dreamed about walking across this stage and playing in the NFL. Doesn't matter the where fact you go. that it's the second round, whatever. Like, I'm gonna do it." And he had a, he had a really good attitude about it. Good on him. But it's got to be tough to sit there. You're expecting to go, and you just you're hearing everybody else's name called. Oh. Dude, those 10 minutes between every single pick. Seems like an eternity. Yeah, lifetime. Well, and then, like, as long as your agent is in tune with the process, you have a good idea on what certain positions certain teams are looking for. Right? Like, if you play, I don't know, you play quarterback, you probably know the Chiefs aren't drafting a first-round quarterback. Mm -hmm. So, like, when they come up to draft, you're like, well, I'm not going here. And then you got to wait another 10 minutes. I'm not going there. You you start to figure out like what teams you think might be interested. And it's, oh man. Yep. Just, yeah. Just intriguing. Cause yeah, you, you make this list and then obviously fans can go as well. Right. So that adds a good atmosphere Mm -hmm. to it, but also like a lot of heckling too. Right. Cause like, I can't remember a time when I think it's the jets like they're the booze every single year dude we talked about this if you ever want to waste like three minutes like search like new york jets uh draft montage and it's like all it's all it's like and with the first pick the new york jets draft fullback and you know you just hear boo it's just <laughs> amazing um but yeah that definitely adds an element and this year's drafts in vegas I actually know quite a few people are, who are heading out to that. Um, this is the year to go because I think the next two drafts are like in Cleveland and Detroit. Not exactly your tourist destinations. Hard pass. Yeah. <laughs> so, Which one would you go to? If I had to pick one? Yeah, Detroit or Cleveland. I think Cleveland. Same. I don't know why, but it like. just seems better than Detroit. Detroit, yeah. Like, I know it's overplayed and like, ha, ha, ha. Like, Detroit's like sucks and like it's it's so bad right like but it is like it's just true (laughs) yeah i mean ever since like the automobile industry died like i feel like detroit died yes like like both those cities like at the end of april you have no idea what you're gonna get for weather like even today in wisconsin it was like almost 70 yesterday was mid 70s tomorrow it's gonna be like 45 yep womp womp and now you're gonna like go to an outdoor event no, thank you. Have you been to Cleveland? No. Have you been to Detroit? No. Mm. I've only been to Cleveland. I've not been to Detroit. What were you doing in Cleveland? Um, on vacation. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, just taking a vacation. Uh, spring break, I think. I heard it's nice this time of year. It is. Cleveland. Depends where you stay. <laughs> Fair um, enough. <laughs> Um, Cleveland is, is just like, it's a Midwest city. So like, it feels yeah. like Milwaukee, Chicago, right? Like sure. there's a lake. It's or, on the lake. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's Detroit though. Detroit's on the lake, isn't it? I think, isn't Detroit on the east side? Yeah. But there's that lake, right? Oh. And then right across like that little, uh, so, gap is, is that, is that Toronto? Erie? Like, God. Not Erie. Erie's in Ohio. I think yeah. that's Cleveland. That's Cleveland. It's Huron. It could be Huron. Oh, here we have the internet. We have, yeah, we have the Google machine. We're we're failing our fifth grade geography class. Woof. Here. So it's not Superior. It's obviously not Michigan. Could be Erie, dude. I think it might be Erie. It is. 
Yeah. So it's like right where Huron and Erie meet. Oh, I'm impressed. But it's, it's much closer to Erie. Okay. But then there's this little um, Lake St. Clair and then like mm. a little river. And then right across the river, you're in Canada and you're really not that far from Toronto. Oh, interesting. Okay. Just curious. Um, but yeah, it's really, it's like a similar. Actually, you're kind of a ways away from Toronto. <laughs> wow. New York really comes out far west. Because like Buffalo is really close to Toronto. Buffalo, New York. Yeah, they're north. That's why they're always getting slammed with like snow. Well, it's because they're also right on the lake. Mm-hmm. This is a tangent that, but I'm fascinated. Uh, <laughs> For those listening, um, we'd 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 love to know Detroit or Cleveland. <laughs> what what would you all choose? Where is like the directions? Google Maps. Because one one is what Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. One is like that's Cleveland, right? I think so. Yep. And then, you know what I think of Cleveland? Do you remember the show, uh, the Drew Carey show? Of course. We love you, Cleveland. <laughs> I was gonna see how far of a drive it is from Detroit to Buffalo because I actually don't think it'd be that far. Oh, but now I can't. Oh, just pop it in on the left-hand side. You can do. Yeah, like... that's what I was looking. But hold on. Please hold. There we go. Now I got it. Detroit to Buffalo. Four-hour drive. Oh, that's short, dude. Yeah. That's, I mean, we're being selfish here, but that's like a, that's, I don't know, Milwaukee to lacrosse? Yeah, Milwaukee to lacrosse is about three. It's like Milwaukee to Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Four hours. But if, but in my simple brain, I think Michigan and New York oh, are so far away. Light years apart. And they're really not that far away. <clears throat> no, I would have been I would have been expecting like eight, 12. eight ten plus hours. Yeah. Yep. Fascinating. Uh what did we learn today? We learned that Detroit, Michigan and Buffalo, New York are only four hours apart driving. They're only 255 miles apart. Hmm. What is it? Milwaukee to Green Bay? It's got to be it's right around that. there. No. Oh, it's 180 something, I think, right? Because it's like a two-hour drive to Green Bay. Yep. So it's probably about 120 miles. Interesting. Okay. Huh. That's totally doable. I mean, if I'm a Detroit fan... Maybe I'm, th- I'm a Buffalo Bills fan? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm thinking about tickets... In Buffalo, especially when that new stadium comes up. Yeah, that the city and the state of New York forked over 850 mil to build. Yeah. Wow. That's right. Wow. Interesting. Well, um, good luck to you, sir. Thank you. I think this coming week, good luck to, like, all of the players that you're representing. Um, Just a monumental week coming up. I I think a lot of, right, a lot of dreams are made and then... I mean, like we talked about, a lot of dreams that that maybe maybe just take a pause, and you just have to reevaluate. Like, do I keep pursuing it? Is it something that I want? Um, yeah, it's tough. So lots lots of decisions are going to be made in these next seven days. Absolutely. All right. Speaking of decisions made in the next seven days, I talked about this a little bit um, over the last week. But the 49ers have an interesting decision to make on Mr. Debo Samuel. So Debo was spotted in a nightclub. You and I were watching this video. and Such a good video. uh, When you order bottle service, the girls with the sparklers come out, and there was a big sign that said, Debo's staying with the 49ers. And then the (laughs) camera, like, cuts perfectly to Debo Samuel, and he's doing the hand over the throat, like, Like, nope, cut 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 it, it. yeah, nope. (laughs) Uh, definitely not. So that made the storyline take a turn, right? Like, what does that mean? What does it mean? Is San Fran going to trade him? If they do trade him, it's going to happen in the next week. Oh, okay. Because if they want draft picks for him, you want draft picks in this year's draft. Mm -hmm. You don't want 2023 draft picks. Those are, you got to sit with nothing for a year. You'd much rather have draft picks this year. Uh, 
there's three teams that I've seen linked. It's the Jets, the Ravens, and the Packers, I believe. If the 49ers can get um, the 10th overall pick, that seems like a no-brainer to me. That's the rumor. Um, Is that they're, they're quote-unquote, all in on using the 10th pick the Jets are to acquire Debo. You know another rumor I saw now that I think about it? Carolina was willing to trade number six, Robbie Anderson, and a third player, I can't remember who it was, for Debo and Jimmy G. Oh, thought that was interesting you gotta think i mean you'd think about it at least right if you're the 49ers you're killing two birds with one stones you're getting a high draft pick for debo and you're getting rid of jimmy g who you want to cut anyway because you're going to save 28 million dollars in cap space Mm -hmm. and then you get a high draft pick plus robbie anderson who's no slouch right I mean, he's not. I don't know if he's Debo's caliber, but no, but he had a. I mean, he had a bad year in, in Carolina, but before then, he. I mean, he's a deep threat, like always and, good for. And now you have another top ten pick. He, almost a top five because right now they don't have a first round pick at all. Mm-hmm. After the, um, Trey Lance trade last year. So, interesting <clears throat> stuff there. If the 49ers, and I talked about this last week, so I, I won't rehash everything, but if the 49ers decide not to move on, like there ain't much Debo can do. I mean, he's stuck. He's under contract for another year. He's got to show up to camp. He can't hold out. It's too expensive. Um, getting fined 40 grand a day. You know, it's just not going to happen. If 49ers do move on from him, this does signal like we're moving – the NFL is moving closer to like the NBA mm-hmm. where once a superstar says he wants out, he gets out. Um, which would be fascinating if we ever got there. I don't, I, I don't know if quarterbacks will ever be able to do it. Although you saw Russell Wilson do it. You saw Deshaun do it. Although Deshaun had some other circumstances surrounding that. <sighs> I don't know, man. It's fascinating stuff. It's yeah, it's intriguing. I'm, I'm, I'm currently scrolling on Reddit just seeing what people are saying about this. And it's what you would expect to find <laughs> on Reddit. Um, but somebody somebody brought up that some dude, because you like, how do you bring in a sign that big? Right? Like you have to pay to break, like you have to pay to make that sign. Right. And like the the comment is some dude paid for that sign. And then Debo just straight up was like, no, I'm out. I'm good. Um, so another aspect of the no, I'm out, this league is like turning into the NBA on Twitter and Instagram. Like, did you see like Debo Samuel's brother was like posting comments and all this stuff? Oh, no. Like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, my bro's out. He's done. He ain't staying there. Um, there was a comment that the – Arizona Cardinals GM made and like someone posted a story on it on Instagram. It said like 0% chance Kyler Murray's traded from the Cardinals. Kyler Murray commented 100. Like 100% uh-huh. chance he gets traded. Uh-huh. This it's, league. <clears throat> this league. <laughs> like this offseason, right? If, if the draft coming up is anything like what we just experienced in this off season you gotta expect like some some shenanigans to well, to go down there's gonna be some fireworks in the draft just because it's so wide open uh like it can go any different direction it's gonna be fascinating to watch but the off season and it's coming waves right early on it was the deshaun stuff and then and then you had russell traded then you had aaron extended and you're like oh my god this is crazy and then like three weeks later, something would happen. And now, like, all of a sudden, like, out of nowhere, you had Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams moved. And now you have this slew of wide receivers who are apparently unhappy. Mm-hmm. Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin. Like, what is happening? And I think people are seeing what other people are getting, and they want a piece of that. Yeah. Um, but, like, if Debo Samuel is moved – Think about that. You have three of maybe the top, what, six, seven wide receivers who were moved. 
You, and you it, might even say that list is too broad. It could be three of the top five wide receivers that were moved. Yeah, that's a good, is is this a trend? Well, you're me and Meat talked about this. I think you'll see a split in philosophy where teams like the Packers, like, will never play that game. No. Like, okay, you want thirty mil a year? Bye. See ya. Bye. You know, we'll find <laughs> another guy who's worth six. Yeah. Um, but you're gonna have teams like the Dolphins, like, um, the Raiders. Yep. I will be love like, their expensive wide yeah, receivers. You want players. four for one twenty? Come on down. We got a spot for you. <laughs> Water's warm in the desert. Yeah. Um. So it'll be fascinating to watch. But then, like, if I'm AJ Brown, Debo, San- like, let's assume Debo gets moved. If I'm AJ Brown and Terry McLaurin, I'm starting to get worried. There's not enough teams. Like that market's starting to kind of shrink on you a little yep. bit. Yeah, that's got to be awkward, right? Like you go through an off season. Well, like how many teams are willing to give up a first round pick, and then also turn around and pay you thirty million? Probably not many. Yeah, like, yeah, that's a good point. Although, if the rumors are true, we just mentioned four teams that are in on Debo Samuel. That would be a big move, and like so, shocking too, right? Like, just. It's not something I know we're spinning our wheels, but it's just not something we see. So let me ask you this. If the Packers turned around and traded pick 28 for Debo Samuel, yep. you're in? Yep. Hmm. I don't know. I struggle with it. <clears throat> Why? I, the pros of doing it is he's probably, you know what you're getting, and he's probably better than a rookie coming out of college. Mm-hmm. More proven, at least. The con is you get him for cheap for one year, and now he's going to be making 25 to $30 million next year. So it's like a rental, right? Yeah, and it's like if you're going to pay a guy, why don't you just pay Adams? That's a good point. Because, I mean, he's going to get Adams' money, right? Close. Even if he doesn't get 29 30 he's going to be making north of 25 That's a good point. And the other thing about Debo is, he, I, from what I've read, the thing that he's most pissed about is that they were using him as like a running back. Oh, he's upset about that. Yeah, he didn't like it. He doesn't want to oh. be. He doesn't want ten carries a game. I think he knows that he's not a sustainable model, no. right? They're going to run you into the ground. But at the same time, like that's where his value. He had more rushing touchdowns than he had receiving touchdowns this mm-hmm. year. But, so, like, if he doesn't want to play that role. And he just wants to be like a true wide receiver one. What's you know what's the value there? And there might be some risk too, right? Because like the way that San Francisco used him made him really valuable. Now I think part of the problem is like San Francisco had Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Yeah, yeah. It's not it exactly help. Aaron Rodgers or you know some of these are quarterbacks they've always run like san francisco has always run this like weird scheme even when like kaepernick was there Mm -hmm. right like they always ran like option they always ran like weird shifty stuff like they they played a wildcat like always had like weird schemes how would debo fit in like a packers like a traditional offense yes um yeah I think great. I think you could do a lot of different things with him. I think a a guy like Debo would help Rogers get the ball, get rid of the ball quicker. You could do a lot more like screens and like slants and like just let him go to work. But I don't know. We'll see. It'll be fat. It's it's all fascinating to watch. And if he does get moved, it does signal a new era, new era of player empowerment where superstars have the ability just to okay, my contract's coming up. I want out. Which is fun it's good for an agent and it's good for the players but it's kind of fun as a fan like every could you imagine like if this off season's like for the next off season every year here on out it's right like the nfl would love it because you're always in the news because what what are the two like you and me talked about two options right moving forward yep you can extend a guy and that's news, so the NFL has to love it from that perspective, right? Because mm-hmm. now you're you're creating headlines, you're extending guys that are going to be on like the same team. That's 
That's big time news, right? Debo Samuel. The other part of it is now you're, like you said, the NBA trades, right? Mm -hmm. So now you're dictating your future where you want to go. You got big name players on the move. That also creates headlines, clicks, like creates a lot of PR. Um, And you know what else it does? New Jersey sales. Oh, yep. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. Like how many that's huge how many Russell Wilson Denver Bronco jerseys have been <clears throat> sold? How many Devontae Adams Raiders jerseys have been sold? Yeah. Uh the NBA, I don't know, does the NFL, do you know? If your player gets traded, the NBA has like a jersey trade in. So like if you buy I I can't even think of an example, like a LeBron jersey. Yeah, and he goes back to Cleveland and you get a Lakers jersey that lets you trade it in for a Cleveland jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if the NFL has that. My guess is no, because if the NFL can make a dollar, they're going. They're going. They're going to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, n- that's a very nice jersey you have. However, uh, if you would like an authentic jersey, we're going to have to ask you to spend another three hundred dollars. Yeah, we're going to need to ask you to buy another. Thank you for watching, and mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, please, please do record yourself yeah. burning the old one too. <laughs> yeah. Make sure yeah, you. Yeah, it doesn't bother us at all. We already have that yeah. money. <laughs> Um, please tag us yeah. in in the video too. So interesting. Yeah, I think I think a lot of moving parts here. Um I guess question back to you about Debo. With the Packers pick. Would you? I think what I would do is if I was the Packers is I would offer them my two second round picks. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're getting six and 10, yeah, then, but then you're out and then that's fine. Uh, but you know, two seconds for him, that's, I think about right. If you think Devante and Tyreek each got a first and a second, like I think Debo's still slightly below those guys. So two seconds to me makes sense. You can pair them in the same draft. The Packers get a great wide receiver and you still have two first round picks where you could also maybe still get a, a guy there and you could we went from like worrying oh my god what are we going to do without Devonte adams to now you have two guys that's kind of where i would want to see it go but again if you're the 49ers and you're getting offered pick 10 from the jets that's where you you're going you'd even consider that trade knowing that debo only has a year left before you'd have to have to fork over some more money. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to talk to his agent beforehand and be like, "Look, where's the market? Where do you think this needs to be? What is he looking for?" I saw another rumor that the 49ers offered him 18 million a year, which is just a that's a lowball offer doesn't even begin to like I don't even know if I'd answer that phone call if I was <laughs> Debo's agent like, "Okay, you need to call me back when you have a serious offer." Um, so if that's true, again, it's just a report on the internet, so take it for what it's worth. Um, but you kind of figure out where he's, where the market is. The Packers have like three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Until Rogers is done. So you, if you're going to go all in on Rogers, you might as well try and piece together talent around him. Dude that can catch his ball. Yeah. And if you get, you trade two seconds for him and you got to pay him next year. Fine. You got two first-round picks this year. If you hit on those picks, you can, you know, get some starter-level talent on the cheap. And yeah, try and figure it out. Interesting. I had a point, but maybe it'll come back to me. The other point is the Packers have a ton of draft picks this year, and they might like it that way because if you're paying Rodgers fifty mil a year on your cap, you gotta have a lot of young talent, and you gotta load up in the early rounds of the draft so you can get starter-level talent. Mm-hmm. And the Packers are good about getting third, fourth, fifth round guys to contribute. I mean, Bakhtiari was a fourth round pick. Um, me and Meat went through the list the other day. It's pretty impressive at uh, the Aaron Jones fourth round pick. I mean, they get a lot of depth in their draft. So you get a ton of picks. Some of those guys will stick, and you probably need cheap talent right now. <clears throat> totally agree. Um, oh, man. I lost it again. It came back and I lost it. Uh, it's about Debo. And it's like one follow-up question shit. Uh, if it comes back, okay, I'll interrupt. Um, Anything else? On like Packers, Draft, Debo? No, I don't think so. Do you have anybody? Meet and I talked about the Packers in pretty much all three mock draft episodes. 
Is there any direction you'd like to see the Packers to go in the draft? Are you like total fan base? Like they have to draft a wide receiver day one? No. Um, I I think just based on everything that you just said, right? Like Devontae Adams wasn't a first round no, he's pick. he's a third round pick. Um, like Jordy Nelson. Yeah, he was a later round, second, third round pick. Greg Jennings. Don Driver was a seventh round pick. Yeah, Driver as well. Um, <clears throat> knowing that historically, and obviously history isn't like a good precursor considering like they had other people in the front office during those years. <laughs> um, but yes, like there's a system, they have an algorithm, it works. Um, I would love to see the Packers do Packer things in the first round. Like, take a defensive end mm-hmm. take take best available it doesn't necessarily have to be a wide receiver um day one yeah i do think that they're feeling pressure one to appease aaron and two whether or not they like to admit it to appease the fan base mm-hmm. Clemente and i were talking about if they don't pick a wide receiver like packers twitter is going to lose their minds mm-hmm. like they're going to get ridiculed online and you know they can say they don't care but it's it's tough to hear that noise and not care so i do think they go wide receiver day one it's just do they trade up and get one do they stay put a huh. couple days we'll find out yeah that's yeah that's a lot of a lot of big time moves but that would be my like take a wide receiver like everyone's just big on olave i like olave um if he's there I like Traylon Burks if he's sitting there. So if both of those guys are there, day one, knowing you won't get them, day two, most mm-hmm. likely. Definitely not. Um, What do you do if you're the Packers? I think if you're the Packers, I think they go Olave. Um, he's a crisper route runner, which is what Rodgers prefers, and he's faster. Um, and they've said they need a guy who can take the top off the defense. They lost Scantling. Yep. Um, Adams was never fast, but he was a good route runner and could beat guys deep. They need a guy who can stretch the field. Traylon is a little bit bigger. He's more like Devontae Adams, like 225, 6'3", um, but he ran like a 4.55, which don't get me wrong. It's not, I'm not saying he's slow. He's still wide receiver one, um, but he's a little more raw. Um plays faster than he runs so if those two guys run the board i think i'd rather go olave but i'd be happy with either one of them to be honest sure interesting my debo question oh it came back for the third time (laughs) Um, so you said that debo had more rushing touchdowns than receiving Mm -hmm. do you remember the drama with like jimmy graham and like getting paid as like a wide receiver versus a tight end. Yes. Do you think the 18 million that San Francisco offered, like he's he's a true wide receiver, right? But like, could you make the case that Debo Samuel could be paid as a running back based on his stats? Or would that have to do more with carries and receptions than rushing and receiving touchdowns? So the first thing... Going back to the Jimmy Graham arbitration, the first thing I looked at is like, what was he drafted as? And then secondarily, they kind of looked at where did he have the majority of his snaps? Mm. But they, the, the Saints argued and won that they drafted him as a tight end. He was announced as a tight end. He was a tight end in their um, like depth chart. Like. Uh, yeah, what's it like their program? He. Um, and like that was his primary role. And like, yes, did he line up wide, like off the line of scrimmage? He did, but that was just more a thing of formations than uh, he was playing wide sure. receiver. For Debo, if it ever got down to looking at his snap count, like I think just this last year is when he really started to like pick up a bunch of carries. Mm hmm. Um, and then you can make the argument that like how many routes were run versus like snaps that yeah. you carried the ball in, and like exactly. then 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 your conversation. So I don't over. think it would be a big deal for Debo. 
Uh, he was drafted as a wide receiver. I still think he has the majority of snaps at wide receiver. I mean, he was getting probably like 10 carries a game this past year, and I don't know if he had very many at all the previous two years. So I don't think that would be a big deal for him. I think I think the 49ers are living in like 2019, trying to offer him 18 mil, where that was like, ooh, you made 20 million. That was really good. I mean – Look at where this market is now. Yeah. I mean, Christian Kirk is getting like 18 mil a year. Yeah. Yeah. Who would you rather have? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We'll see. The saga, the NFL offseason saga continues. It does, man. It does. I'm super pumped. You got anything else or should we wrap this one up? No. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything on like Kyler Murray's status today? All, all I had was that he had that like Instagram account. I mean, he's another one, right, where if the Cardinals don't want to trade him, he's stuck there. Um, He's got this year and next year. Next year's his fifth-year option. And then quite frankly, after that, he can get tagged for another year. So for these teams, it becomes like how hard – how much hardball do you want to play with these guys? And do you really want your, like the face of your franchise pissed for mm-hmm. three years? Mm-hmm. And then Klemecki brought up a good point. Like, and then do you want like every Joe Schmo in your locker room, like wide receiver number six at training camp being asked where Kyler Murray is <clears throat> like as a franchise, do you really want to have to deal with that? Exactly. Tough spot to be in, but at the same time, like you're the Arizona Cardinals you can't trade Kyler Murray. No, <laughs> no. So you you need to figure it out, and you need to figure out what he wants, and you need to try and make it happen. It's just it's hard when you're paying a guy like in cash this year. Kyler Murray is going to get five point five million dollars. If he wants to be a top paid quarterback, you're now going to pay him forty five to fifty million dollars a year. Like that, from an organizational standpoint, that hurts. It hurts your pocketbook, but it hurts your salary cap. Your the rest of your roster. Um, takes a hit whether or not people want to admit it and it's yeah it's hard is it a selfish move yeah it's a selfish move but it should be like he's he's in his going into his fourth he's played three seasons he's made two Pro Bowls like he should be one of the top paid quarterbacks Um, but when you do that you also it's like Rodgers like does Rodgers deserve to be a top five paid quarterback every year? Yes. Yes. But that has consequences. Like Tom Brady hasn't been in the top 10 forever. You and I have talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast, and that's why his teams are always good Mm -hmm. because he spreads the wealth around. Now, whether he does that because his wife makes more money than him or he just wants to win or whatever his rationale is, it puts his team at a distinct advantage than these other guys who are trying to chase it. But you know what? If you're Kyler Murray, you – chose not to play baseball you left fully guaranteed money to play football and now's your chance to sign a four-year 200 million dollar deal probably close to fully guaranteed after what Deshaun got yeah you should get it and you should fight for it and um he's 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 whether he gets it in Arizona or elsewhere he will oh there's no question so we were talking about this before we started this podcast um, there's this, there's a statistic. So the highest percentage of completed passes where wide receivers met the definition of zero pass catchers were considered open. So if everyone was covered, right. And it's like an arm's length or whatever, like the distance is right. Aaron Rodgers was number one at throwing to wide receivers that were all covered 20.9% completion rating in 2021 according to PFF number 2 Kyler Murray interesting yeah and now the cardinals have fallen off the second half of the year the last 2 years but like last year like Kyler Murray was in the MVP discussion for a while yeah um you know his ability to kind of turn that franchise around and last year he had 3,700 yards he only had 24 touchdowns 10 picks 
but he also had 423 rushing yards. And the year before that, he had 819 rushing yards with 11 touchdowns. He's fast. If you watch yeah. him on TV, like you can see that he's fat. I mean, he's and he he's had almost so four thousand yards passing in twenty twenty. I mean, like the guy's electric, and like if you're the Cardinals, can you afford to go back into the draft and try and find another quarterback? I mean, that's certainly not no, the ideal that's purgatory situation. in the NFL. You yeah. need to have a franchise guy, and I think Kyler Murray understands that, and he realizes the leverage quarterbacks have, and he's going to now stick it to the Cardinals and. They're going to have to play ball or risk losing their franchise quarterback or if at least not losing him, having him extremely unhappy, which is not going to be good for winning football games. Mm-hmm. We will see. We no. will see. Yeah, that's that. That's that's all I had on Kyler too, just, just that one stat. Cool. Well, uh, it's draft week. It's an exciting week. <sighs> Super pumped. Um yeah, tune in. So tune in. Yep. So come come back tomorrow. Um, so you'll, you'll be listening to this on Monday. On Tuesday, we'll have our final mock draft, and then on again Friday morning, we'll have round one recap. And then I think Meet's going to come back the following week to do an entire draft recap. And then when we when you and I get together next weekend on Sunday, we can uh, we can also talk about where my guys ended up and yeah. what it, what the draft experience was like and all that good stuff. That'll be a fun show. Oh um, yeah, for sure regardless but that'll be a fun show yeah absolutely well thanks again everybody for listening hope you enjoyed it and we will talk to y'all next week later later